the Playhouse and That's Not Canon Productions acknowledge the Yuggera people, traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording this show today and all surrounding areas where we live, learn and work. We also pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello Chelsea and Rumi's. Hello, Brooke. And roomies. <laughs> oh, they got the double hello then. Hello. Oh. Hello. Oh, my gosh. This is scene 18 of The Playhouse. I, don't, wow. I still don't get it. <laughs> We're still going. Go us. <laughs> oh, look at us go. But yes. And thank you for tuning in. As always, our sweet dear roomies. Oh, Go you, you fabulous bunch of people. This is why we're still going. <laughs> now, I've got a fun cue for you, Chels. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you the A. <laughs> <laughs> Took me by surprise then. Um, I would like to know, mm-hmm. favourite beverage? Oh, Like alcoholic, not alcoholic, either way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, alcoholic. Funny enough, I'm not much of a coffee head person, but I like espresso martinis. Oh, they're nice if it's if it's done right, obviously. But um, non-alcoholic, I like I do like a bit of cheeky lemon lime bitters. Oh, yum! Yeah, what about chul? Obviously, big on water. Oh, oh, yes, like as, water. As we yes. see every Saturday, like we're all like we bring our water bottles in. Yes. Um, I'm really into like bubble tea. Oh, I think you mentioned it when I first met you yeah. and we we're catching up. You yeah, mentioned yeah. a birthday present you're going to give to your boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. And it was a bubble tea maker. And then I got myself the kit as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's I'm all. I've always got bubble tea on hand. Yeah. Um, I don't drink coffee. It sends mm. me off the walls. Yeah. Good boom. Yeah, it's crap. Yeah. And then um, if I had to pick an alcoholic beverage, I like. There's there's quite a few I like. Mm. Um, but in terms of like wines, mm. I'm I'm just a Moscato. I can I can't go any any anything else other than a Moscato with wine. Are you like a sweet Moscato or a normal? Sweet Moscato. Really? I like, I, I don't know why. I think it's because I tried to try to convince myself to be a wine. Because it feels like mm. more like grown up and sophisticated. Like, oh, I don't want a Midori and lemonade. I want a wine, you know. Yeah. And then my heart's like Midori. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I do Moscato. So at least, you know, it's in the wine glass. It mm. looks wine-ish. The only person that knows it's, yeah. it's just Moscato is the bar person. <laughs> well, I've got a... I've got a um, Okay, another question that's kind of alcohol-related. Oh, tea. What are your thoughts on having alcohol and infusing it with theatre? Oh, do you yeah. mean watching or, or participate? Or like maybe, maybe let's just let's do a bit of a teaser and say both. Both. What, if it, what about um, say you are an actor and you are drinking mm. on the job <laughs> while See, performing? It would depend, it would depend on because I'm a I don't know if this is over sharing. Mm-hmm. I get a few drinks in and I start to cry. Oh. So it's not that long. Okay. Um, so I, I could, you know, I could do like one or two and probably do a sh- I'd be clumsy, but I could probably get through a show. Mm-hmm. But any more than that. It's a, but then if it's a tragedy and I'm supposed to be crying, that could work in, in my favour. Mm-hmm. Literally all it will take is, you know, a, f- a few beverageinos and then someone will say like, oh, I took my dog to the vet last week. And I'll be like, the vet? And I, it's and then I'm ruined for the rest of the night. I'm in hysterics. We're like, the dog to go to the vet. <laughs> like it's horrible. It's horrible. Another question: What are your thoughts on classic plays? 
I like them. Yeah? I think um, obviously they need to be contextualised to suit the modern audience. Mm-hmm. Some some plays just aren't accessible anymore um, yeah. due to, you know, language barriers, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they're done well, mm-hmm. love that. All right. Big fan. Yeah. So we've talked about alcohol. Yep. Classic plays. Yep. All righty. We're going to start with the Cheeky Artist intro. Oh, great idea. All righty. So from the company that brought you Die Hard, the movie, the play, Titanic, the movie, the play, Love, Hate, Actually, this is your trial and much, much more. Act, React are back for the Anywhere Festival with two new comedic immersive parodies. Woohoo! <laughs> and today our episode is with the movie titans themselves from Act React. Mm-hmm. We have producer, performer, writer, director, Natalie Bohensky. Mm-hmm. And one of the stars of their upcoming shows, The Importance of Being Wasted, we have Elizabeth Best. Oh my goodness. So we're going to do our best to have a good oh. interview. <laughs> now, another thing I noticed, just going really quickly. Oh yeah. Lizzie, she has a podcast, doesn't she? <gasps> Snap, she does. She's got two. What do you oh, want to say, Zane? I know she's got, yes, because you've worked with Lizzie, eh? Good old producer, Zane. What, what say you? I know she's got the ghosts of boyfriends past. Correct, yes. 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 Which is her relationship, uh, her ex-relationship podcast, <gasps> where people come on and tell their stories, either tragic or funny, about their ex-relationships. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, but also she's on a podcast with myself called Castology, where she recommends other podcasts. This poster right here. Yeah. Which you oh can't see gosh. because it's an audio experience oh, right now. Oh, that's true. <laughs> assume like people can see me pointing at the door it's a poster that says it (laughs) it says castology it's a it's a black poster with Mm -hmm. white text it's got the tnc logo on the top right corner in blue Mm. and it's it's hung quite high on the door um Mm. but it's at eye level i guess if you're standing so now the listeners can know exactly what we were looking at (laughs) but yes are we ready to be oh yeah swinging into this interview let's do it let's hop amongst it here we go Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Natalie Behensky and Elizabeth Best. (laughs) Oh, welcome to the Playhouse, Natalie and Elizabeth. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing in this fine world? Look, I like the weather being a bit more gloomy. Gloomy weather makes me happy. Mm. (laughs) It's nice stay-at-home weather, which is good. Now I have to drive out to my parents' house and my mum's got a roast cooking for me. Oh, stop. Well, if there's any leftovers, you know where to drop them off. Sure, sure. All righty. So we're going to start off with the importance of being wasted. Yes. What is that about? (laughs) Because it's a bit different than the importance of being wasted. Earnest. Earnest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's a lot of similarities because we're actually doing the importance of being earnest. But the catch is that two drunk members, two drunk members, two cast members are going to be drunk every Ooh. night. <laughs> um, and it's an idea that I had like, like years ago. I remember probably about 10, 15 years ago. I remember the stage manager giving us this, you know, rundown on all the rules on what you're not allowed to do before a show, like the safety talk. And I was like, they were like, no alcohol, one hour before call time. And my first thought was, but what if we did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've cut the script down to be a shorter, more punchy comedy format. Natalie did most of that work. So thank you, Nat. Tirelessly um, <laughs> pouring through Oscar Wilde's words to kind of make sure that we've got all the punchy gags in there. Um, so that we don't have to sustain this drunkenness for the entire original two and a half hour runtime. Um, and yeah, there will be two cast members 
on a rotating roster of being drunk every night. <laughs> Surprise to the audience on the day. It'll get announced. And their sober castmates are going to have to try and roll with it. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, my goodness. It's so exciting, though. Like, it's like the things you shouldn't be doing, but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah, and like on purposely being bad, and I love it. I feel like it's every stage manager's worst nightmare, but it's going to be so fun to watch. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, luckily, technically, we don't really have a stage manager. Hey, Nat, it's just between Nat being the director and I'm assistant directing and acting in it. We didn't really, uh, we didn't really, we haven't gone down the stage manager route. (laughs) I think that would depend on um, who we could get. Yeah, I think our thing is with this show, um, we've we've made it so that it can be put on anywhere because, of course, it's in the Anywhere Theatre Festival. Um, So we wanted to, there there won't be like lighting cues and we've got somebody who's going to be live playing piano and reacting to the whatever happens on stage. So there's not really sound cues that need to be called or stuck by either. Mm. And I don't think any stage manager would, want to stay on in a show where everything's possibly going to go completely tits up, you know, within the first five <laughs> minutes of it being on stage. Yes, I guess you would have to retitle them like a, a crisis manager or <laughs> personnel manager. <laughs> oh, my God, that's a roll. <laughs> now, it's, we- one of, it's one of those things that with uh, Anywhere, when Liz first uh, told me that she'd had this idea with some time back and I was like, oh, that's a, a really fun concept. And then uh, after the year we've had with COVID and everything and looking at ahead at 2021 and, and the Anyway Festival and I sort of contacted Liz saying, hey, did you, were you thinking of putting that idea on somewhere or do you have any plans for it or would you be interested in if uh, we did it as part of Act React? And Liz obviously is, has done Act React shows. So um, she very kindly said yes. So we started working towards it and I think, the benefit of the Anywhere Festival is being able to utilise different spaces and with something like this where you've got a major curveball being thrown into the performance mix in the, in the, you know, in the form of people going to be uh, not at their peak. Um, <laughs> Shall we <Woody? laughs> Having Reducing the need for very, very strict blocking or very, very strict lighting cues, sound cues, that sort of thing, adding in, uh, being able to kind of roll with the chaos, I think is really, um, that's the best time to explore it when you're in venues and in a festival that kind of encourages that sort of thing. Oh, definitely. Sort of the way that we've blocked it as well is that people have the relationship to the other people. So there's not a relationship to the space, but we know that if, say, Dr. Chasuble's over here, then Miss Prism needs to find her way to him wherever he is. So it's all very like movable um, depending on wherever space we're in. And we are performing in three different spaces in the festival. I didn't see so, that, yeah. Mm, so that had to be uh, had to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. What made you decide on a classic play like Oscar Wilde's? Um, look, for me, I think that uh, the fun, like I've done The Importance of Being Earnest before. I did it probably about 10 years ago, maybe more. Um, and... It was difficult enough to say all of Oscar Wilde's wonderful, you know, wordy witticisms as quickly as we needed to without being drunk. Um, <laughs> so I kind of thought um, the idea of, of taking a classic play, like a, a play that everybody knows or that they've got some kind of familiarity to um, and something that's generally very like it's a, it's a comedy of manners. So it's generally very like 
you know, well put and well dressed and everyone's a little bit fancy. So I kind of thought that messing with a classic would be a lot fun than messing with some, like you've got to have people have a base knowledge of the status quo before you can mess with it. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. And then what makes alcohol the perfect extra ingredient into this show then? Yeah. A lowering of inhibitions. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is what alcohol is used for every time. <laughs> it just introduces the element of unpredictability. And I think another reason why now is the perfect time for this is because Act React has a history of doing um, pop culture related plays that mess with the status quo of a particular play, but we do it with a lot of, I say we, I'm, a, I'm gracious to be a performer, Act React is all that. Um, we, we do it with a, um, a lot of audience interaction. And of course, that's been made particularly difficult um, in times of COVID. So we really wanted to have a show that we could do that still messes with the status quo of something and has an element of chaos thrown in. So normally the chaos would be that an audience member is involved. And this time the chaos is that an actor is off their chops. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, there's so many reasons why the importance of being earnest, but I think the, as, as Liz was saying before, it's such a refined play and wild, wild writes so beautifully and perfectly and, and superficially, and I mean that in an absolute compliment um, to, to Wilde because that was sort of what he was obsessed with is about the superficiality of people and um, how everything is about appearances and that sort of thing. But he has some interesting commentary on the you know the, the upper classes of, of his time um, th through the shallowness of his writing if that makes sense I mean that as a compliment uh, so to have a play where everybody's supposed to be quite um, th their motivations in this play often are very very poor <laughs> people are really uh the, 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 they're not good people necessarily but they all speak beautifully look beautiful uh refined and follow I guess the the proper English mannerisms Liz's character Gwendolyn is this beautifully refined young lady who meets Cecily the other female character and initially says oh you must call me sister we must be great friends and within two seconds of finding out things might not be exactly as she seems, tell Cecily, I really wish you were old and ugly, quite frankly, <laughs> but in the most beautiful terms. So it's it's all about kind of this withering, um, these withering put downs um, and these people being nasty, but so doing it so beautifully. You're like, oh, I wish they'd insult me like that. <laughs> so to have then alcohol kind of come in and add a little bit, of, as Liz said, the chaos back to this very refined world, I think will make it more, well, hopefully it will make it extra funny, but adds a little bit more relatability to, um, I guess, our contemporary audience. Where it takes, it takes that mask of properness down a half notch or a full notch, depending on how many drinks one of us <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to like because there's two people drunk every night I'm really excited about the prospect of because there's a lot of duo scenes and so you know there are big scenes where other actors could compensate for the drunk people but when there are duos and both of us happen to be drunk um, I'm really curious to see how that's going to play out. <laughs> yeah do you feel like traditional plays like um, Oscar Wilde's should be performed more often to and like or even like in a modern context or to a um, contemporary audience such as what, like us nowadays? 
I, I feel like there's a lot of um, things that people can relate to in this shows if they're done in a way that the audience can relate to them. So there are so many things that happen in the importance of being earnest that are, you know, ridiculously relatable. You've got like Lady Bracknell, the old curmudgeon who comes in and keeps saying these really inappropriate things that are super inappropriate even now and were inappropriate back then. Um, and the cast members are like, oh, maybe she shouldn't say that. But I'm like, no, because you've always got that drunk uncle who just says really inappropriate things at really stupid times. <laughs> so they're the kinds of things that we wanted to make sure um, were kept in. But I think that the way that you perform the classic plays, and I don't mean by like completely messing with the structure like we're doing, but I think that even, you know, Shakespeare is still widely performed all over the world because a lot of the issues that he wrote about are still eminently relatable today. They just have to be put on in a way that isn't the old stuffy, you know, reciting lines. And if people just imbue the characters, then the audience will get those points across. Mm. I think one of the other things we've done in cutting down the play is remove the elements that are maybe less accessible to audiences. So we've taken out a lot of um, references um, to say things of English society of the time, things, things that are much more 1895, which in a context of a fully staged play, then, you know, you might be able to express more, more, succinctly to an audience mm. but in the context of what we're doing which is trying to be fast and and just keep the story about those central relationships there's some of the um extra floweriness of of some of wild's lines which are all you know withering put downs of 1895 london society but don't necessarily need to be in our version for our audience um, it means that the play can then run shorter. We then still have room for the alcohol to cause a bit of chaos. And, um, you know, hopefully that exposes Oscar Wilde to people who've not read it before and they might go off and want to see a full production. They might go off and want to watch the movie. Um, you know, hopefully it is entertaining. It, it brings a twist on the classics that, is entertaining and might inspire further, you know, research. Or if not, they just come and have a great time and say, oh, I saw the importance of being earnest. Yeah, I've seen that. The actors were drunk, but I'm pretty sure I've got the idea. Like, you'll get <laughs> We've not cut anything important. I, I sort of, um, in editing the show, I kind of compared it to the way my hair gets cut, which is, um, you know, I don't tend to get it, you know, a big ponytail and chop it off it tends to be layered so you go through with the thinning scissors and you kind of just mm. thin it out yeah. um but that's and that's sort of how I approach the editing of the script it's not about cutting out massive chunks it's just mm. about thinning it out throughout um and keeping the the core lines and the core um punchy gags yeah it's kind of like taking it bit by bit as well yeah yeah, just, just removing stuff that is still funny but not as it, – it's really interesting in the way because I try to write as well, although COVID has, has put pay to a lot of my <laughs> – frustratingly. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm a writer by background. I'm a journo and one of the journalists' creeds is sort of like, well, how can you tell this story more economically? How can you reduce the words that you need to tell it? Uh, whereas sometimes in plays, it's about how do you expand on a point or how do you have a you know beautiful set of lines about a point. So I sort of, I guess, put my journalist eye to it going, okay, so he's written you know a, a six line paragraph here 
and they're all really funny lines, but the funniest are the first three lines. The second three lines are kind of just a little bit more exposition and it's still funny, but it's not actually the key point that you need to get across in Mm. that, in that person's, you know, in that line or or the set of lines. So let's cut out the last three lines and keep the first three. That gives us the same joke, gives us the same punch, but we save the time of the, the second three lines. I love it. I'm so excited yeah. to see it, actually. I just want to know, too, when, when you're rehearsing, are you rehearsing everyone drunk or rehearsing everyone sober, shaking so, it up? Mm. This is one thing I did want to mention. Um, we're not rehearsing with alcohol. So the cast members have been told that they can go home and figure out, which I might have done two nights ago and I'm still feeling a bit seedy, um, <laughs> to figure out what their alcohol tolerance is and what point gets like exactly you know mathematically what point gets them to happy show drunk and then what point will tip them over into crying mm. um, my limit is one drink fewer than I had on Thursday night um, but we didn't want to rehearse with the alcohol so that anything that happens on because if we find out a really funny moment from someone being drunk in rehearsal, it then becomes less authentic when we put that on the stage mm. and we try and recreate that. So none of the cast, we're basically trying to rehearse the best version of the importance of being earnest that we can, then add booze. And the audience will see the first reactions of the cast to the addition of that because it will never have been done before. It's like, um, I think, you know, these actors that I have in this show, Liz included, obviously, are so good and they're so funny and their timing is great and their characterizations are great. The show is a funny gem without the alcohol. Like I can already see that you know, putting the cast together in my head, I could see it as we've gotten into the rehearsals, you know, we're just laughing through rehearsals all the time. And to then throw in the alcohol, you know, my cast are adults, we talk, uh, well, we, we have a very immature sense of humor, but we're adults. We are adults. (laughs) According to the law. Uh, So it's important to me that we discuss the, the expectations And the expectations for me are, you know, is whatever is right for you as a performer doing this, because I don't want to expose my actors to to risk. You know, we discussed a lot when we brought people into the project, look, this is what it's going to be. There is going to be this alcohol element involved. And I know in some quarters, some people might think that's quite controversial. So to me, it's about going, okay, so a lot of people drink and they drink quite comfortably and they can have two drinks and they're fine. Some people drink and have one drink and they get really squiggly. So it's about um, people's tolerance. It's also about knowing what's going to be tolerable for the show. It's about knowing that it's not about getting super blotto. It's not about getting to the point where you're going to pass out and vomit in front of everyone. Mm. It's, it's, about, it's about getting to a point where you're tipsy and you know the show because you've rehearsed it, you know your lines but you've just got a little smoggy, cloudy, happy, oh, yes, I say something here. You know, you've, you've got a little bit of... Um, you've got this new happies. vibrant energy. Yeah. <laughs> vibrant energy, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's going to be different for everyone. And people who drink, I'm, weirdly enough, someone directing this show, maybe it makes me the best person, I'm not a drinker but I'm an observer of people who drink because I don't. So you you know, and I know these actors very well, we're all friends in real life as well. And so I kind of know, okay, this person I know can put away a bit more. This person is a, 
is a bit of a, what is it, a Cadbury drinker? Might wait. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's important to, Liz just put her hand up. Oh, and I'm with her as well, yeah. <laughs> but that's what's important to know. It's not about, um, this is not a, a marathon. It's not about kind of putting away as much as you can and trying to do it. That would spoil the show for everyone. It's about kind of knowing, okay, if I throw, if I have two drinks before the show starts and then have one on hand through the show, I'm going to be squiggly. I'm going to be giggling. I'm going to be, you know, it, and, and that's important to do because, you know, actors are adults, they're responsible. They know the goal. They know what we're aiming for. Um, and it's about delighting the audience, not, not creating, you know, the situation where people go, well, that was just irresponsible. And, and that's the thing. People go out and drink far more than we'll be drinking in the show um, any, <laughs> any night of the week. Um, so this is about sort of, um, as, as Liz said, adding that element of chaos, but doing it in as a responsible way as, as we can. I feel know, like I'm too highly. I feel like there's going to be a few of us that are going to be doing it, like verging on that edge of responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah, well, the thing is, is that they all have to back up and do the show again the next night. So they, they we're scheduling it in a way when nobody will be drunk, well, we're aiming to make sure that nobody is drunk two nights in a row doing mm-hmm. the show because we have enough cast members to to rotate. Yeah. But they're going to p- possibly a bit hungover or a bit seedy yeah. and then they're going to have to back up and do the show again. So it's it's just about being um, responsibly irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm really excited about it and it's a um, such a fun team and um, mm. we've specifically organised to do the venues in bars um, because we want people to kind of feel a sense of joining us in drink a long show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of joining us in an environment where it's safe. Um, it, you know, grab a drink, sit back, you'll have actors walking among you. Um, and you're just enjoying the craziness of, of this, you know, very, very convoluted, uh, play it is it and I say again as a, as a it's so convolutedly perfect that every character is you know related to the other character in some way um so I think adding in the 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 drunken chaos to see how they can maintain those relationships will be extra fun so we wanted to talk to you a bit about act react I wanted to know so your movie parodies are incomparable they're so 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 incredible but how do you choose which aspects and I guess this is kind of relevant to the importance of being wasted too how do you pick the elements how do you pick the source material to work with that is very tough uh so we've done three the movie the plays uh speed which started it all the Keanu Reeves film Titanic the epic ocean going adventure (laughs) and Die Hard the action action hero film of all time uh, it's actually really difficult to choose the films that work best for this treatment. It is, it is. We have a list of m- movies that we'd like to do, but then sometimes we go through and watch them, and and they don't actually stack up as much as we think they would. Um, I write the shows with Greg Robotham and Dan Beeston, and we write as a triangle. So whenever we have an idea, the other two have to agree or at least one person has to agree, and then it can go in the script. If I have an idea, which I've often had, and the other two go, "Mm, no, then it doesn't go in the script. So you've got to get a two-to-one majority uh, when we write 
for a joke. Um, we've had occasions where, you know, I've written a joke, Dan's agreed with me, Greg said that will never work, but because Dan agreed and said, yeah, I can see it working, it goes in the script, we practice it, we do it, it works. And Greg's like, hmm, could have fooled me. And so that happens with all of us. So we have this sort of triangular way of writing and it makes it quite uh, democratic in a way, I guess. Uh, why we choose the shows we choose is because they're very, weirdly enough, earnest. Uh, it, it helps that the movie really believes in itself, where, whether it's a kind of a, a, a silly movie like Speed where, you know, you've got this ridiculous situation of a bomb on a bus uh, or it's this big heartfelt romantic epic Titanic and it sort of is a bit over the top, but it's movies that take themselves seriously, uh, which allows you to then kind of lovingly take the mickey out of them. And that's what we're about. Um, we're about sort of paying a weird tribute to these shows, so to these movies. We love the movies. Who doesn't love Die Hard? Who doesn't love Speed? And to be honest, who doesn't love Titanic? Like I went through that stage, I guess, in the years after the movie came out of going, oh, it's just stupid. But having had to rewatch it since and, you know, a couple of times, I do have a great big love and affection for that film. Yeah. And even if you don't like those movies, the, the way that Act React does what it does is that if you hate it, you can come along because you'll also find that Act React having messed with it will make something you hate something you love. Mm. Yes. So, for example, in Titanic, when we have the great big love scene uh, on top of the boat with the, I'm flying, Jack, I'm flying, and you've got an audience member because we use audience members as, as Rose, um, young Rose, and there's a woman from the audience who's just been pulled up. She didn't know she was going to be doing this tonight. And you've got Jack sort of lifting her hands up and giving her the line to say, which is, I'm flying. And then you've got two actors running out from the side of stage with inflatable dolphins who then sort of <laughs> throw them and try and arc them over each other. Yeah, oh, that's so good. They have dolphin collision and it's great. <laughs> yeah, so the dolphins like smash into each other, collapse to the floor. And then the actors quickly scramble to retrieve them and run backstage. So you've got this like epic moment, romantic moment being, you know, comically undermined by cascading inflatable dolphins. So, but it's a, <laughs> so it's about like the embracing the silliness or embracing the kind of epicness. And um, you can't do that without having affection for the source material. So I think that's a key thing. So it's got to be movies that we love. It's got to be movies that are really well-known, well-known enough that people could say, oh, yeah, that's the movie about, you know, Keanu Reeves, it's the bomb on the bus, Die Hard. Oh, yeah, of course, it's Bruce Willis and Hans Gruber. You, you don't have to have a, a, a deep, deep knowledge, but having that um, collective pop cultural knowledge help sell the gags. But again, we, as Liz said, we pride ourselves on if you haven't seen the movies or if you haven't, you hated it and you saw it once, you'll still enjoy the shows because we, we also have a rule <laughs> when we write that we don't repeat jokes. So we try to have a different gag, a different punchline, a different type of um, physical um, slapstick joke, a different um, verbal joke. We, we really try never to repeat jokes. So it's kind of a... Um, I always describe them as like roller coasters. So the idea is you kind of get on the play, <laughs> like you get on a roller coaster, you're strapped in for an hour and then you come out at the end and hopefully what you're left with is, oh my God, that was so much fun. I want to go back and do it again. That's kind of my, I know we've done a good job if audience members have that feeling. 
of like, oh my God, that was so fun. And they, it's kind of, you know, it's been this sort of hour long onslaught in the best possible way of gag, gag, laugh, physical joke, verbal joke, um, uh, visual gag, you know, random reference to Super Mario Brothers, just lots of pop cultural collective joy. I'm Fantastic. rambling now, aren't I? <laughs> Not at all. We love them, though. <laughs> and you were touching as well on the audience participation. I was wondering if when you're writing or when you're rehearsing, if you ever worry about if an audience member will get on with it, if, if things will go horribly wrong, like how much of your faith is in this random person? Had, we've had people who Nat's chosen in the middle of a show and they've either said absolutely no or they've been so drunk that she's had to force them to sit down. Like th- there is a lot of chaos that can Oh, happen. yeah. There was one, oh, gosh, yeah, there was one Rose in Titanic who looked super keen and then she stood up and was like and couldn't actually speak. Oh. And so in in character as old Rose, I was like, I'm just going to let you, I actually decided just to relax and maybe sleep it off and, and then go and find another uh, young rose. So that's how we get the roses in, in Titanic is I, I play old rose traditionally and go and find my younger self in the audience. Um, so we have a background in improvisation, Dan, Greg and I, a very strong and long background in improvisation. And impro is all about um, making your partner look good, making your scene partners look good. It's not about self. And so whereas in, say, some, for example, maybe stand-up comedy, and look, no shade on stand-up comedy, but sometimes if you have audience interaction, it's, it can kind of be an aggressive sort of uh, relationship between the audience member and the stand-up. We're about sort of going, we want to make you the star, we want to make you have this experience that you didn't think you would have. You weren't expecting going in and you end up being amazing. And the thing about people is that people are naturally funny. People don't really have to try to be funny when they're in the situation that we put them in. All they have to do is kind of follow the instructions, which is follow the actors who are leading them around and say the lines. We've written the show in a way that makes the audience the star. We have a bit, say, in Titanic where we, um, uh, the, ca- the character of Billy Zane, who's not, um, what's his name, Cal from the movie, he's actually Billy Zane, uh, and he gives the heart of the ocean necklace, the big blue necklace, to the rose and says it's called the Le Cour de la Mer, which, of course, rose is French for, you speak French rose, what's it French for? And so we just let the performer, we let the audience member come up with a translation for Le Cour de la Mer. Now, sometimes they know the film, so they just say the heart of the ocean. Great. Sometimes they say things like the big rock or the funny looking necklace, or they, they'll just come up with something random. And so it's Billy Zane's job to immediately accept that and go, yes, the funny looking necklace. And then that's what it becomes for that show. So it's not a mistake. It's not them doing anything wrong. It's us going, we're asking you to come up with something on the spot we will then respect that and make it the name of the necklace and that's what it is. So it's about having that, um, finding the joy in making the audience member the star and what I think we've been able to do through repeats of the shows is establish trust with the audience that they know that if they're coming to one of our shows and they get selected that they're going to have a good time um, or they're going to you know, be the star. They're going to be taken care of. 
Um, and our rate of rejection is very low, very low. Um, I particularly only remember once someone saying absolutely no, no, no. Yeah, it's it's very um, peop, um, with speed is the first one we got where we, we get uh, someone from the audience to play Sandra Bullock. So she drives the bus, she takes over driving the bus. So we have this um, uh, moment where when we first started doing the show, um, it was a surprise. So we actually didn't publicise when we first started doing these shows that the audience would be involved because we wanted it to be a surprise. And also because we didn't want people to go, well, I'm never coming to that because I hate audience interaction. We wanted them to know that audience interaction can be really fun and supportive. And so we kind of played down the audience interaction element. So when we would choose the Sandra, it was a real surprise. And so you had like the whole bus kind of exploding going, oh my God, you're going to go be Sandra. It was like, quickly, Sandra, come here. Now I think the secret's out a bit. So now when the Sandra gets chosen initially or gets sort of named Sandra early in the show, people are like, oh my God, he just called you Sandra. He just called you Sandra. And there's a little bit of frisson of excitement and people now go, oh my God, I'm going to be Sandra. So I think people like, really enjoy it, like really hope that they're going to be chosen now. Um, and I think that reflects the trust that hopefully we've been able to build as a company, that if you come and see one of our shows, you're going to have a really good time. And if you do get involved, it's in a very fun and supportive way. And you can't, um, you can't make mistakes. You just do what comes naturally to you. We are the performers. We are prepared. We make it work. We yes and that's, everything. Always yes and. Yeah. And I think that's one of the great things about the um, importance of being wasted too is bringing that element of um, improvisation into the work. And obviously that's, you know, something that I identified with when, when Liz sort of talked about, um, you know, the concept of, of this show with alcohol is there's a great opportunity to bring in those impro principles of going, okay, well, now the show is about, how Liz is too drunk and her shoes have come off. So now it's about Gwendolyn and uh, you better put your shoes back on Gwendolyn. No, 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 no. And, and trying to find the way. And, and because that's what audiences love. They love to see a bit of chaos. They love to see things kind of slightly going wrong. If you think about it, like um, I, I think of my mum sometimes, she loves bloopers. Do you know, you can go, I've tried showing her that you can go on YouTube and just find blooper reels. Because I remember as a kid, they'd do blooper shows, like clip shows of bloopers. And my mum would sit there in hysterics, hysterics, just at, like newsreaders screwing up a line or random animals walking into shot or all that kind of stuff, just, just people mussing up their lines. It is really contagious. And if you've ever been in a show or um, seen a show where people break, where people like lose character, it's hilarious. It's just, it's so funny because it's, it's simultaneously very relatable because it's a hard job memorizing lots of lines. Uh, and it's also very um, exciting because it's, it's naughty. Like, Oh no, they've forgotten their lines. What's going to happen. So I think with something like the importance of being earnest is taking our sort of impro principles and applying it just in a slightly different way. Um, so it still has that act react stamp on it. Groovy. Well, I think on that note, it's time for a game. This game. I'm really excited because it's all about 
alcohol. Woo. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> take it away, Chels. Oh, let me take it away. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we've got a collection of a variety of cocktail names and they are some pretty quirky ones that we've got. But they've got a bit of a hidden ingredient. So we're going to give you um, the name of the cocktail and the first one to say their name as their buzzer and guess the secret ingredient that's in the cocktail. You get a little oh, cheeky oh, point. That's a non-drinker, so this is going to be great fun for her. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them I think you could, you could kind of wing. Yeah. So did you want to go with the first one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. First one, super easy, very much a mainstream cocktail. We have the Bloody Mary. Liz. Oh, Nat, oh, damn. What is it, Liz? So, tomato juice. Bing, 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 bing. Right, I'll keep. I'll keep score here. Yeah. Is <laughs> it, I can I. I thought it was Worcester, Worcestershire sauce in a Bloody Mary. Both. A weird ingredient. Like I figure tomato juice isn't normal. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Super can. What really? is tomato juice? <laughs> Alrighty. So next one. Who are you calling turkey? Liz. Yeah. Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of turkey? Well, <laughs> if only. Uh-oh. It's kind of like a little sauce of turkey. What about um? What's the sauce you have with turkey? Is it like cranberry? Oh, I probably. But you can, what can you what can you what can you make with with turkey? What kind of liquid? <laughs> oh, do you guys give up? I give up. Okay, it's homemade turkey stock. Oh, oh right. So yeah. No points? No points. No, okay. I don't drink that either. <laughs> Alrighty, Brooke, next one. Number three, the sweet and sour chicken toddy. Liz, mm-hmm. is it just sweet and sour sauce? No. Okay, okay I'm no. just gonna throw it out there. Is it chicken stock? Yeah, or is, I it, think, is it the same? See, I'm not a chef, so it's it, chicken, yeah. chicken broth. I feel like that's the same. It's the yeah, same thing, yeah. Zane's nodding as well. He's saying, yep, yep. <laughs> broth is just the fancy word for stock. Yeah. yeah fabulous. Chicken one all. Broth. <laughs> all righty. Uh, next one, which is La Sardina. Uh, uh, don't tell me it's sardine juice. Yeah, it's sardine juice, sardine oil, yeah. <laughs> Oh. I can't imagine I don't eat fish or seafood at all, so that just sounds like hell to me. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine ever being in a bar and being like, yeah, I'll chuck chuck me a la sardina. That's what I want. <laughs> just the chicken just la sardina, like please. Cocktails that drunk people put in a blender and just go, yeah, this is gonna be Ooh. great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and we've got the last okay, one. Two one, one left. Mm-hmm. The, Good the, the black ink martini. Oh, can I have a go, Nat? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Is it is it that squid ink that that squids have that they squirt? Yeah, it is. It is squid, squid ink. ink. Too awful. Hey. <laughs> well, it's Does tight. It have a flavor to it. I always see the pasta and it looks amazing, but I've always wondered: does it actually have a flavor? I wonder. Or like an aftertaste? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, it tastes of panic because don't they squirt it when they're like <laughs> stressed? Panic. <laughs> They could call a cocktail the taste of panic. It's a little Ooh, bit. Mm. Anxiety to drink that. Mm. <laughs> this octopus was stressed out. Mm, delicious. <laughs> Before you guys go, where can people follow you or follow your creative journey? 
please visit actreact.com.au. We have a brand new website which just got uh, went live at the start of 2021. That was kind of my lockdown project. So please go and sign up to the newsletter there because I'm finally getting around to being a proper producer and having email newsletters. Uh, otherwise, find us on facebook.com slash actreacttheatre and Instagram and Twitter are also the handle at actreacttheatre because I couldn't just get actreact. So we had to get Act React Theatre for the socials. But, uh, yes, would love people to follow, um, message, call in, whatever you want to do. We love talking to people and, you know, our audience are the best. So any way you can keep in touch and let us know you exist means we're happy. And just really quickly, I want to mention that Nat also has another show in Anywhere Festival called The Great Grandiosa where she's a hilarious, really shoddy uh, fortune teller. <laughs> in is a very that, great impro show. Is that the Natalie on the, the program of the Anywhere Festival? That's the famous Natalie on the, <laughs> the Anywhere Festival program, yes. <laughs> so famous. Oh, I've got to hire Liz as my publicist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That was that was very much a surprise, and we should credit um, Chris Anderson at Images by Anderson for that amazing. fantastic image. It's amazing um, because yeah, they they chose it based on based on the image, and and when they told me, I said, "Oh my god, Chris is going to be really excited." And then my second thought was, "Uh oh, that's my face. It's going to be everywhere." <laughs> No, it's a, good, it's a good photo. Love it. <laughs> and before you go, we do ask a final question of all of our roomies, as we call them. Um, for you two, obviously, like, you've got fruitful careers on the stage, but where do you where do you feel at home? Playhouse, theatre house, home. It's the brand. Oh. New York City, sadly. <gasps> and with how sad it is now that they're so crippled, but New York's the first place that I'd ever been to where I'd never been there before and I instantly felt home. So I'm wishing them a massive speedy recovery because it just breaks my heart to see the way that they are at the moment. What about you, Nat? Uh, oh, gosh, this is really, really difficult because I kind of make myself at home everywhere I go. Solid <laughs> um, answer. In, in um, I also, like Liz, I love New York. I think it has that effect on creatives where I just went, oh, my God, this place is amazing, just instantly. And um, But then I've been to other places where I just instantly feel like London, I have this deep random connection to. And weirdly enough, I went to Iceland a couple of years ago and just was so enamoured with the place that I was like, I could live here, and then immediately went, no, Natalie, it's too cold. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say in Brisbane, I'm going to say the Brisbane Powerhouse. I always Ooh. feel like because we've done so many Act React shows there um, and whenever I walk in, I picture the bus or the boat from Titanic out the front of the Powerhouse now because we've done them there. And so I'll say for Brisbane, where I feel at home, apart from my house, is the Powerhouse. <laughs> right on. Love it. <laughs> Well, thank you both so much for talking to us today. We're really excited that you popped along. Thanks Digitally. for having us. And stay safe over the coming, well, let's just say coming weeks. And Yes. yes. And took us for the run of yes. the importance yes. of being wasted. If you, you want to do another podcast all about the arts industry, hit me up. I've got opinions. Oh, <laughs> literally. We're more than happy to have you coming back, literally. <laughs> Come on Nat, down. Former advisor to the arts minister, she knows stuff. Like, <laughs> Get all the 
like what do you call it juicy juicy. goss less and less less and less as I as I you know the years extend since I was in that job but um yeah I think that the Queensland government's done a relatively good job throwing money at the sector but I think more is is needed so Mm. as I said opinions But yeah, we're so excited to see this fabulous show of the importance of being wasted at the Anywhere Festival. Thank you so much. Bye. So warm. So see you again soon. It is Playhouse Picks time. Pick, pick it up. Pick, pick, pick it up. I remember from one of the episodes, you're like, Playhouse Picks. Playhouse, Playhouse Picks. I should Playhouse Picks. We should, we should get like a jingle. Like a Playhouse Picks jingle. Probably like that one there, just then, that I just did then. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just, yeah. Brooke's very original Playhouse Picks there jingle. <laughs> love that, love that. At React are smashing Anywhere Festival this year, and so our first Playhouse Pick is, of course, our favourite drunk parody, The Importance of Being Wasted. <laughs> it takes the classic of The Importance of Being Earnest, but with two cast members completely, genuinely drunk throughout the entire show promising a unique and hilarious show (laughs) these drunk antics run from the 8th to the 22nd of may and will be at a variety of venues as well Woohoo! now our next playhouse pick is not so far away anymore haha that was a a reference in fact the one fine day is nearly here and we will still love it tomorrow oh my god Look at look at us go. Look at you go. Beautiful the Carol King musical is making the earth move under our feet down at Spotlight Theatre from the 14th of May to the 15th of June for all my Gold Coasters. Hello. Hello. <laughs> now, next up, we're hopping over to Metro Arts for a story about family, mental health, love, strong women, supportive men, and so much more in between. Anatomy of a Suicide investigates the hereditary nature of mental health, specifically postnatal depression, across three generations of women. It runs from the 18th to the 29th of May and is not one to be missed. Awesome. And our final playhouse pick is Redcliffe Musical Theatre's next production, The Very Gritty Next to Normal. It follows the story of a mother who struggles with her worsening bipolar disorder and the effects that managing this illness has on her family. This absolutely true-to-life and rocking musical runs from the 21st to the 30th of May up at Redcliffe. Well, I say up because it's up for us. Up, yeah. But maybe where you are, maybe it's down. Down. Maybe you live in Redcliffe, maybe it's to the side. Or it's sideways. Diagonal. Left or right, up and down. Sideways to sideways, diagonal to diagonal. Take it back now, y'all. Flatten <laughs> up this time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun interview. I know we've tried to not say that was a fun interview. And you know what? We, it was a fun interview. And we always say we try not to say this as well. We also say that as well. <laughs> At least we have some quotable quotes. I'm thinking of like um, merchandise. Like you say H-A-U-S. Yeah. That's H-A-U-S. Put it on a T-shirt. I say probably cheeky or all righty. Yeah. yeah. I reckon we lock that it's in. It's okay. We'll lock it in there. <laughs> now, don't forget to follow Theatre House and Playhouse on Instagram for all the latest events, stories, and industry news. Theatre House even runs quizzes like our Tricky Tuesdays and shares the, where the shows are happening, which is pretty cool. Follow its accounts at, at Theatre House. Alternatively, we can um, stay up to date with all of the Playhouse fun at Playhouse Pod. We'll give you some sneaky footage behind our scenes and share all the fun we have. 
it's honestly a great way to join the great conversation we're having. Hooray! Hurrah! Now, um, keep your eye, speaking of Instagram, keep your eye on our Instagram for the next couple of days. But I'm going to start doing some polls because we really want to get the roomies involved. Yes. So keep your eye keep your eye on the gram. I don't know, you might want to turn post notifications on if, you, if you're that way inclined. No qualms yeah. if not. Is there a question we should pop up on the poll after this episode? Like, a, what was the question that we were thinking about while we are on our break? Um... There was um, one that we were talking about. That it was would like, be really good. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, obviously, the oh, importance of being wasted, yes. alcohol. So, we wanna, we were thinking of putting out a poll, something to do with like favourite drunk musical theatre karaoke mm-hmm. situation song. Mm-hmm. So, keep your eyes on the stories. We might be doing some polls. Also, we've been thinking if we get the capacity to, Chelsea and I would love to do some episodes rather than interviewing where we just talk about a topic. Mm-hmm. So if there's any topics that you want Chelsea and I to maybe deep dive, but not really deep dive because let's be yes. honest, it's us. Um, it's going to be more of a shenanigans situation. Let us know. Send or us a DM. That could be our poll. Would you like a bonus episode? Ah. Yeah. So this is basically our pitch to you guys. Yeah. Would you like to see an additional short bonus episode where it's, Completely unscripted, completely improvised, and it's just us chatting, maybe like a topic of the week, maybe, yeah. or even just us relaxing and just chatting DM about us the on Instagram. Yeah. Well, 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 should we do that? Yeah. Let's do that as a poll. Not to be like thirsty, but like, yeah. Yeah, that's the question. Would you like to see a bonus episode? And then you guys have your say, and then we'll give you the answer in the next episode. Oh. Which is, I'm, I'm also nervous that people are going to be like, please no, we have a we have a satisfactory amount of Brooke and Chelsea in our lives. <laughs> yes. Please stop. It would just be all of, all of the silliness that you you hear at the top and the bottom of every episode. Yes. Um, but with a bit, maybe a bit more structure and mm-hmm. maybe more specific things to talk about rather than us rambling about. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, things. That's what we're going to wrap it off with. Have your say at. The Playhouse Pod. Yeah. Give us your thoughts. But that's our pitch to you guys. Let us know. Slide Let into our know. DMs. Oh, that's a bit raunchy. <laughs> I was going to say, normally I'm like, don't slide into my DMs. But in this instance, slide, slide into the Playhouse DMs. DMs. Let's not? do it. Why not? That's how we're going to wrap it up. Yay. Here we go. All righty, guys. You guys Bye. are absolute legends. Stay safe. Have fun. Stay drink safe. water. Yes, drink water. <laughs> Wear sunscreen every day. <laughs> the sun's a killer. It is. <laughs> On this rainy day that we've got. <laughs> oh, right. dearie me. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye-bye. Let's talk about X, baby. Ah, crappy relationships, the bane of our collective existence. But what do we learn from our mistakes? I'm relationship columnist Liz Bess. And I'm funny guy Tom Harris. Ghosts of Boyfriends Past will chat to guests about love gone wrong and take you on a journey through the funny, tragic, horrifying... And sometimes just plain bonkers stories about that crazy little thing called love. It's like a group therapy session. With two people completely unqualified to be leading it. New episodes drop fortnightly on Thursday, so join in to hear tales of heartbreak and woe and hopefully wind up a little wiser or drunker for it. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast.